Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Kavanagh Sisters, and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Countly and Podcasts, where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. In today's podcast, we will be talking about how we manage and cope with fear and anxiety on a daily basis, with particular emphasis on the situation we find ourselves in today. In re- but it will absolutely relate to your coping mechanisms from childhood and how you, how you got through your abuse. I think, for instance, when you're talking about your coping mechanisms and the fear that's in the atmosphere at the moment, because a lot of us go around and we're not actually aware of what we did to cope when we're in high stress, you automatically go back to that space without even realising it. It's like your inner child goes right back to whatever you did to avoid all those emotions coming up. I think, like, when you're talking about your childhood, your memory is so vague of that situation because you were in survival mode when I think back on my childhood it's very sketchy memories I think half of the time I wasn't even in my body the fear and how I managed it must have been so instinctual and built into all of us in as a survival technique you were completely unaware of what you did I couldn't have been there for an awful lot of it. I'd say around nine and ten, you see, I started using food for comfort. I started smoking. I did actually find some ways to escape. I was moving into a much more difficult space to manage my emotions and how awful I felt. The self-hatred was becoming more apparent and more evident and more important to me in my life because I was starting to move into the world, whereas all through childhood, I would have felt like I was oblivious. I was either in complete denial or just sheer terror. Yeah, I think the current situation is only emphasising that you wouldn't have been aware, but also, you know the way we speak about the way you store memories, the way they're all fractioned, and it makes sense now to me, because it's nearly like how we're dealing with stuff now. The emotions of it are removed, so you describe in detail, and you're talking about when you were younger and you don't know how you got through it. And yet you remember at 9, 10, 11, like turning to food, you could identify them as coping mechanisms. Whereas the reality is we couldn't have connected with our emotions on top of what we could physically see and deal with. It just emphasizes how completely separate the two were, the memory and the actual facts. It's like guys deal with facts, girls deal with emotions. But when we were kids, we were protected from the emotions. This is an opportunity. I know it's stretched when you're so busy, you keep telling yourself, Jesus, if I just had time, I would do this, that, and the other. You have nothing but time. And yeah, I find now, with the time I have, all I'm trying to do is escape from just being. It's crazy. The energy going into escaping rather than just being. It's almost like it's bringing up that fear of a child that you can't feel this because it's overwhelming. I'm not going there. You know, the anticipation of it is often worse than the actual thing itself. I'm really struggling to sleep at night because I can nearly feel my head going in so many different ways. There's so much going on in there. But the energy I'm putting into escape is crazy. If nothing else, the current situation would be so familiar for us as children in the fact that that complete powerlessness, that you know, the people who are 
calling all the shots are not the healthiest people on the planet. So that automatically would click into your your need to survive and then figuring out how can you survive when you feel you don't have a lot of choices here. No, and like you are being bombarded because if you notice, all the news has disappeared. The only news we're hearing about is coronavirus. That's what really hit me now. I, I remember sitting watching the news one night and what really struck me was how powerless we are and the fact how important it is to have the right people in power and who are the right people? We haven't found any of them yet. When I was watching the news, I remember thinking, oh my God, I did not ever foresee that these people that I have very little faith in have my life in their hands. And I'm totally dependent on them making the right decisions. And I don't trust any of them. And the fear that that brought up in me was absolutely old and yeah. overwhelming. And I would say for the first week to 10 days, I was absolutely terrified and it was overwhelming fear because it shut me down. My child came up to the surface as soon as this happened with what I exactly how I would have behaved as a child. I immediately thought I don't need anybody. I can cope with this on my own. I don't need to talk to anybody. I'm fine being isolated. And then on the other hand, it's that feeling of somebody else gets to call the shots again. And the injustice of it all, and the fact that I do not believe anybody who's in a position of power, in particularly in our own country, has our best interests at heart. And that is very reflective of having the outlet controlling my whole life. So now I'm in another situation as a grown adult with all that I've learned, and yet I'm back exactly where I would have been as a child, and I have no say, and there's not a whole lot I can do. And I think the lessons that I have to learn out of this is what can I do differently this time around that I couldn't do as a child? I felt that we have moved so far forward from where we have been. We understand so much more. We've learned so much about ourselves. And I felt personally that I was moving always in the right direction, that I have grown so much. But this incident made me feel like all of that was just been, could, could be just whipped away in a, a heartbeat. And I found that absolutely terrifying. Not being the one in charge, that's what is going to trigger an awful lot of victims. And even if they don't put a name to it, that's the key to the rest of the shit that it brings up. Usually I'm either getting sick again. It's how I'm managing what's going on around me. If I sit long enough with it, I understand now why as a child being so ill was the only way I could survive. Because it was the only way I felt I was visible. And I think it's great if we take this opportunity to self-reflect and recognise the patterns that we're probably imitating from our childhood and change them if we can. How can we do things differently now? I think it's easy. It's almost like you're sitting with it. Be able to identify that this feeling, the depth of this feeling, is from the past. And even knowing that will present freedom of a kind. Now, you're still trapped and the wrong people have the power over you. But it's not as intense if you're not also carrying crap from the years gone by. Things happen for a very good reason. You're meant to revisit this in order to set you free. And to realize that this is not of the present. The level of fear, frustration, anxiety is not of today. And I think the only way through it is to, the way Paula was saying, like we can't control it. So let's get real and control what we can. And that's yourself. That's the only thing you do have control over. A couple of things that I did was when I was really overwhelmed with fear and I could feel the anxiety was so great, 
I didn't know how to get out of it. I listened to Billy Connolly. I was trying to break the energy because it was like it had such a grip on me. I couldn't even stop it long enough to do to meditate or anything like that. There was no way was that going to happen. What I did was I listened to Billy Connolly. I, I, I could fit. I was in not laughing at him on several occasions, and I just uh, that just gave me enough space to breathe to recognize that. I can actually do something about this. I can change it. It's my thoughts that's causing all this problem. I listened to Neil Donald Walsh. I listened to Eckhart Tolle, people like that that I admire and respect. And there's so many people coming on board now online with inspirational talks. They're trying to help people. Like Joy said, as soon as I lie down, my head wakes up. But what I have found... And I, I've genuinely laughed out loud at the groups I'm like on WhatsApp, sharing stuff on WhatsApp and sharing little video clips and all that. And it absolutely takes that whole heaviness out of the atmosphere when you can have a laugh at what's happening. It's not to belittle what's happening or to minimise what's happening to people and the real fear that people could get ill here. They've been able to have a laugh is the only way I personally feel that you can get through it. Another thing I love, and I, I just think it's amazing to watch, and it really feeds the soul, when you see people reaching out to help others, when you see the level of genuine care for yes. others. Like, that's something yeah. we've lost, because we're all caught up in a rat race, and it's every man for himself. But this has changed that. People are looking yeah. out for their neighbours. They're going out of the way to look for people that are in trouble or struggling to help. I mean, I have volunteered for so many things you wouldn't believe. To feel part of something really good and positive and know we're all in the same boat. Reminded me of growing up, you know, in a neighbourhood where people did care about each other. There was always that sense that we're neighbours. Whatever we have, we share. I really find that inspiring. I always found taken aback by people's ability to do that because for me, the fear made my world very insular. I couldn't really think about anybody else. Yeah. I was so caught up in the fear that I was unable to give to anybody. So it is very good to observe that. It just makes, it breaks your heart sometimes. You just feel, oh my God, aren't people amazing? And thank God we're all different. And thank God there's so many people demonstrating what good human nature is. The realisation that human connection isn't something you should sell short you don't realise how important it is to just come into contact with people until it's taken away with. And I think you could be more selective in what you're watching and what you're listening to yeah, yeah. on social media and on the television. Try and deliberately seek out sappy films or something that's uplifting. I always watch Gogglebox. I never finish a series or an episode of Gogglebox without laughing my heart out and being so appreciative of the Irish nature. Now, I love the English one as well, but I just think that is one of the best programmes anybody could watch. Yeah. If you want to watch the news and you want to stay in touch with what's going on, you should absolutely limit your viewing of news to once a day. You know, Facebook gets a really bad rap for being very negative and all that. And I actually feel at this particular time, that is so far from the reality. Most people are going out of their way to share positive stories on Facebook and not share the negative ones. And even the social media, the, the posts that our people are putting up now to inform people about the reality. 
of what's actually going on and that the statistics that you're hearing what does it really mean and putting it into context all of that is equally important and it's not about conspiracy theories or somebody going back crazy it's about somebody being able to get through the current media with information that you actually need to understand so that you're not yeah. sitting terrified at home thinking every person on the planet is going to die within the next year yeah a balanced yeah. information allowing you to make an informed decision and it, it can calm you down if you hear different viewpoints because you're not just falling down a rabbit hole where there's no escape the one bit of advice i would give anybody who's on social media who was reading posts of material they don't agree with so say somebody's putting up something that you really think they're batshit crazy and they shouldn't be putting that up do not engage in an argument or a discussion about it it doesn't save anybody you're not going to change the mind of the person who's posting it and you're just going to get yourself upset. You would answer yeah. yourself better to say, fair enough, that's how they feel. Leave them with it and walk away. What I would really like us to get out of this is to let people understand what's going on for them and why, as bad as this situation is, it's actually triggering off other stuff. So if you can separate the two of them out, you have a chance of not going insane. The positives that are to come out of a situation like this because there actually are positives out of yeah. this you do have time to self-reflect and to spend time and for people who are locked at home with their family that's time you'll never get back like that's really important that's the thing that matters not to going out to work every day to a job you don't like you're gonna have to go on a journey whether you like it or not because you have to manage the anxiety or you have a heart attack yourself yeah, but June, wouldn't it be nice to put a language to that, that this is a journey to look forward to? You know, it's not necessarily something to look forward to. But what I'm saying is, when you go through this journey, hopefully at the end of it, you will have gained a lot more self-knowledge and strength to know that you can live through something like this, because it's like something of a movie. And to be able to come through this intact, you will definitely be impacted by it. The challenge for all of us, is to get through it the best way we can. We grew up with sexual abuse from a very young age, right up to our teens. We're still dealing with it. Do you think that's worse than this? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'd be saying, that it is. We've been through so much more. This is awful. And the difference here is where everybody's involved. The fact that it's happened so suddenly, the fact that now we're grown adults and we, we have family members that are dependent on us, it's a totally different situation. Well, yeah, absolutely. You're right to consider the fact that, Jesus, we've lived through war. Yeah. And knowing that should indicate we can get through this. It is yeah. only about the fact that this, because it's worldwide, because we're being bombarded with all the negativity and overwhelmed with the fear, that it goes so much deeper because we are victims of abuse. It's triggering other stuff. But at the same time, the stuff that we went through as children was a lot more harsh than this. Absolutely, there's a start and an end to this we yeah. didn't have the luxury of that as children i think victims need to understand that and really when you know that it helps you put things into perspective and when you also know that the level of fear you're feeling now it's weighted down by putting you in connection with the fear you felt as a child yeah. you don't have just what everybody else has the fear that we, we don't want to catch this and we want to protect ourselves and others it's bigger for us because of what we experience as children as I said, I feel like we've no choice and other people are now, again, in control of my life and telling me what I can and can't do. And the difference is, actually, they're not. I am in control. I do have choices. I can choose what way to manage this situation. 
whether I take the positives out of it and focus on the positives, if you focus on the good things, more good things come into light. And that's the way out of this, to look around you and see you are actually safe. You're not sick. You're not dying. You do have a choice what you do. And you have time now to think, how best do I want to spend my time? And when this is over, do I really want to go back and do 20 hours a day and kill myself working for something that I don't even believe in? I know there's people going to feel they don't have a choice because they're going to be out of work. Could be the best thing that ever happened to them. Because I know I've lost a few jobs that was the best thing that ever happened to me. It's interesting that you're making that connection. The first thing that hit you was that you were powerless, that you were sick, and you were sick because used as a child to get attention. It's good to say that because people will relate to that. If what they're doing now is what they may have done in the past, but they didn't recognize it. But they're in a much more powerful position now to alter and change that. Yeah. They're not. They're not the victims they were, but that's what puts the weight on it. And it is about reflection and taking time and removing the fear from that. Because as I said, I have been bombarded with fear, but it's not about what's going on outside. It's what's going on inside. You saw the amount of shit I'm after cooking and baking here. There's no one here to eat it. You know, it was very therapeutic for me, but I realized as much as I was loving it, I was nearly afraid to just be. I didn't know what that was like. I didn't know what that feel like. And I didn't want to know. I found myself running. And when I stopped running, I was at peace with myself. It took me a while because I had to keep checking in. And I had the luxury of checking in because I had no distractions here. I just think not to underestimate the power of fear. Because I'd say we are in the middle of a process here that I don't care how well you feel or how bad you feel. You're in a, you're in a process whether you like it or not just being on the planet right now. And I think... The only thing we can control, as we said, is your your own responses to this crisis. And that is something that you can make a choice about to work on. But it won't be quick and it won't be easy if you're not hard on yourself and accept where you are. And particularly for victims of childhood sexual abuse, it will be very difficult time because a lot of your triggers from your traumatic childhood will have been brought to the fore there's a little adjustment period when the initial shock of the trauma passes you're still dealing with fear and anxiety but now you're awake now you've arrived you recognize what you're dealing with and now you can decide to tackle this in whatever way works for you people that have suffered trauma and abuse as children will be re-traumatized by this if you can find a technique to deal with this level of fear and anxiety you're on a winner like yeah you know that's a massive achievement for any of us to get through so i suppose the best thing to do as do you understand is find a way of responding that serves you there is fear there is anxiety it's not just in your own home how you respond to it is really really important you can't put your head on in the sand but you can find a way that will get you through it don't be focusing constantly on the negative. Stay informed, but as Paula was saying, only listen to the news once a day. In the meantime, use your creativity and your magnificence. Yeah, I'd also say there is a strong danger, depending on where you're at in your journey, to use those coping mechanisms like alcohol or yeah. overeating. I mean, I can't comment because I'm overeating myself, but I'm aware of it and I am doing my best to manage it. Whatever you're doing, you're doing because that's what you need to do to get by. But if you do it with awareness, you have a lot 
better chance of not doing too much harm. Try and instill in every day a little bit of something that would make you feel good about yourself. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of the information we've shared will resonate with you and bring you to a place where you can have compassion for yourself. Please know that no matter how you feel or how you respond to the abuse, it was normal. We're hopeful and optimistic that those in a position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavna Sisters podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email the Kavna Sisters at gmail.com. We'd like to leave you with a thought for the day. No matter how frightened you feel or how much anxiety you have, you must remember love is stronger than fear. If you decide to think loving thoughts, fear doesn't stand a chance because loving thoughts create loving feelings and that changes everything.